It's Toronto's Podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. I'm Philip Bliss, a business visionary and co-host of Toronto's Podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source for great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Pierre Sagan is a dynamic technology leader, innovator, and product manager with almost two decades of experience creating, developing, and implementing solutions for customers ranging from the biggest of multinationals to the smallest of children. When I first met Pierre, he was, and he still is, founder of Brilli, an application that relieves families of stress by helping kids succeed in their daily routines. With Brilli, parents set up the activities their kids need to do when getting ready for school, after school, or at bedtime. These then come to life as a game on a mobile device. Parents can monitor in real time from their own device, while kids stay on task and earn rewards. Brilli builds on the proven practice of using visual schedules to give kids structure and consistency, while making them more fun and easier to use. So let's get on to the interview, Pierre. Tell us a bit more about your background. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on the show. I'm um, happy to participate. I uh, have had a career for of well over 20 years now in um, technology and marketing, um, with uh, you know, with a focus on software development. I've uh, worked. You know, primarily in professional services. But back when we met, I was um, very focused on my my first ever startup, which is um, it, it's called Really, and it is um, a system to help families and kids uh, enjoy uh, and succeed at daily routines. So when um, my son was about five or six years old, we were running into a lot of trouble with just getting through a morning routine, for example, getting him off to school on time, um, because he just seemed to have a lot of trouble with um, following our instructions and remembering to do things and, uh, you know, just uh, not dawdling. And we often end up with these uh, raised voices or meltdowns. And it, it was actually really stressful. So as part of the process that we followed to try and, and improve things, we went to talk to experts and, and we read a lot of books and the, the best tools at the time that they were presenting or, or proposing that we use were, you know, lists uh, to help show kids, uh, you know, what the tasks are uh, that they needed to do, you know, visuals uh, attached to the list and also using something like an egg timer so that the child would be able to know when their time is up on any, on any given task. And of course, these techniques work, but they're actually hard to put into practice in everyday life for most parents, assuming they even know about them. So being a guy who worked in technology and and I was really interested in um, application design, I thought we could build a better routine guidance tool and actually make it a game for kids so that there would be a, uh, a visual that shows uh, the task that they need to do, whether it's, you know, make your bed, get dressed, brush your teeth. Uh, and then each task would have a little timer attached to it. 
And uh, as the kid completes the activities, uh, any time that they save from the timer gets banked for a reward activity at the end. So they were motivated to get through the, all of the activities quickly and independently so that they could earn uh, some free time for whatever activity they wanted to. So uh, we designed it and we tested it with, with a few families and that we found that it worked and we were testing it at our place. And, and so um, we, we decided to, uh, to build a business around it. And, uh, and so that's how it really came to be. So what, but, I mean, why, why become an entrepreneur? I mean, what made you stop and say, you know, instead of sort of working for someone in the consulting role, what made you stop and say, you know, this time I want to do it on my own? Well, this was, uh, this was an interesting time for, for me because I had just come off of, uh, you know, sort of an, uh, an agile transformation within a, within a, a larger company. And that, uh, you know, and, and for anybody not familiar with software development, agile is, is sort of, is, it can be pretty new. It's a different way of managing projects and it's very iterative. And you're not trying to define the entire project up front. You're just sort of doing it, you know, little bits at a time. And through learning that and learning about, you know, how products come together, I wanted to do more of it. I was, I was really excited about building products and, and working, with, uh, working with small teams to, to make things happen quickly and, and to innovate. And I, I don't know, I caught the entrepreneurial bug from, from all of this uh, exposure I got to... Uh, to what the, the you know the best companies were doing products, and uh, you know the timing was right, so I, I decided to give it a try. How did you focus on building that sort of stimulation into a business? You know, I mean, wanting and making things happen are two different things. You know, how, how did you make it happen? Well, I think. To make it happen, it was really, it was a lot of work, but it also it meant becoming sort of very multidisciplinary, which I, I guess I've always, I've always dabbled in a lot of different things, but, it, you know, I was the, you know, the, the guy handling the business, the guy, you know, thinking about the product design, uh, doing the marketing and, and, you know, going out and networking and, and, you know, trying to find a developer to partner with and, uh, and, you know, find the right designer and overseeing that process. So having to, you know, just get my hands dirty and do a lot of hands-on work was, was important. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't, a it, it wasn't a cheap process either. You know, I was, I was fortunate to, to have some, <laughs> have some savings that I was able to, to dip into and also some support from family early on to, uh, to, yeah, that, that was going to be my next, my next question is, you know, how did you finance the start of your company? You know, yeah, it it was it was hard. It was so it was self financed initially, and then when that ran out, my uh, my father was was very <laughs> was very uh, helpful as well. And then, um, but I also uh, along the way partnered with a great developer named Kyle Lee, uh, who was you know he he became my my partner for a good long time. You know, the time we were at in the same office space as you, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, that was a uh, you know that we made a huge amount of progress during that time, just working full time on on designing the product and and responding to customer feedback and and getting it out there and getting in front of uh, as many influencers as possible who could you know help us promote the product or uh, you know try to connect to further funding. You know, from there, there you know it just kind of snowballed and and um, we were able to you know build the product within this you know. From from 
the time I started working on it full time to the time we launched the product was about 10 months. And then we had, uh, I think another couple months and we were on all, all platforms. We were like, we were on iOS, Android and, and the web. So when you really jump into it with both feet and find the right help, you can get something happening pretty quickly. Uh, and then of course, you know, that's, after you've invested all that time and money, you know, the, the real trick is to try and, um, you know, maintain your traction and, and uh, become profitable. And, uh, that's a whole other, that's a whole other story. When I, we last chatted a couple of years ago, I guess, 18 months ago or whatever, Brilliant was, was still pounding along uh, and making headway and you were, get, you were getting some great, great, great reviews. Uh, so, so you kind of managed to, to find a way in the, in the market. But you know, if you can sort of put it in five minutes, give me the story of, of, of really then the track and really now kind of thing. Sure thing. So we we were very well received by our target market in the sense that uh, you know we we connected with a lot of families through um, through media like um, you know we were we were featured on Metro Morning at one point, which was great. Uh, you know, we went to the uh, the big ADHD uh, con- organization conferences in the U.S. and Canada, uh, and then we also went to conferences and, and met with um, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists who worked with kids and, and behavior and learning challenges. And uh, when we got feedback about the product uh, from people who were using it, it was it was absolutely heartwarming. That's really what kept us going when when things were difficult. Um, you know, we were we were receiving. No, you know, really heartfelt notes from moms talking about how they were brought to tears by their child's ability to get through a morning routine just, you know, on, on their own within, you know, with a smile instead of there being a screaming match as there had been like every day up until that point. And, and you know, that, that was a, the typical kind of feedback that we get. And uh, despite having, uh, you know, a lot a successful product in the sense that it made a positive impact, it was incredibly difficult to monetize it. Um, just from a, you know, a strategic perspective, what I had tried to do was to, to position the, the product as, as a solution uh, and as a, you know, software as a service and not as an app. And I was doing that on purpose because there's a, there's a pretty pervasive uh, perception that uh, apps should be free or very, very cheap. And unfortunately, we didn't have, at least initially, or for the, you know, the, the, the short to midterm future, uh, the size of audience that we would have needed to be able to uh, to have a very low price point on the app. So we were so we were charging, you know, using a subscription model. Uh, because of that, we were we were very dependent on successful onboarding and then also on stickiness for the for the app. And so stickiness uh, wasn't across the board. So so we had so a lot of families would stop using it after about a month. And, you know, when I'd reach out and ask why, um, and, you know, as for, for, for their feedback, there was, they would say, well, the product was great. It worked so well that my, you know, my son didn't, you know, learned his routines and didn't need them, didn't need it anymore. So, you know, I had, I had mixed feelings about that, uh, that kind of feedback. You know, on the one hand, I was very happy and gratified that it had worked and that, you know, we had, we had improved the lives of a family. Uh, but uh, by the same token, it was, it was negating our, our ability to make any money from a subscription model. So 
we, uh, you know, over time, we, we experimented a lot with different pricing and different subscription models. And uh, what was difficult and, you know, a bit of an, it was a, it was a learning experience for me was that you know, the cost of all of those iterations, changing the pricing model, um, you know, doing the work that we needed to gain visibility from, um, from an analytics perspective into what people were doing and, and what their propensity to buy would be, et cetera. With, there was a, a re- very real development cost with, with those things. And um, so a lot of time and money was being spent just on tweaking the pricing model and it never seemed to be working. Uh, we, we never seemed to find, you know, make that breakthrough from a pricing perspective. Uh, and in the meantime, we weren't developing new features or, you know, adding to the product, the product stickiness. Um, and so that was a bit discouraging. And uh, at the same time, we were also discovering from a technology perspective that a lot of times we would, you know, we'd be, our, our platform used third parties, um, you know, for, you know, either a database provider or a push notification provider, um, just so we wouldn't have to build all that stuff ourselves from scratch, which is, you know, typical for, for a startup to do. Unfortunately, a lot of those services broke. Um, they would break things, uh, you know, either they would deprecate a version or they would, or they would just stop working. And, you know, we would get the angry emails from customers saying that they couldn't run their daily routines or that their kids had missed their notification to start the routine, but it wasn't our fault. In the meantime, you know, we had to dive in for a couple of weeks to, you know, <laughs> to fix the bugs or, for, or to, to address the issues that had been caused by, uh, by these third parties. So that was, you know, that was another challenge. And so uh, at the end of, uh, you know, we were, we were actually successful in obtaining funding from the Ontario government for uh, developing an education version and, and uh, conducting research with it. And um, that was wonderful. And that kept us going for another little while. Unfortunately, it was a reimbursement-based program, and I just couldn't manage to stay ahead of the, um, uh, the, the time that it took from a cash flow perspective, to get to, to spend the money on salaries, and then um, you know wait for the reimbursement. So ultimately, I had to cut that short from a development perspective. I think it's really good because what a lot of a lot of the interviews we do is very very much the runway and how it goes and, and things like this. But right. I think what you're showing as as an entrepreneur is even with the best of intentions, with a good product, with with a good reception. Sometimes it's just too tough to break through. So, I mean, I think everyone's getting that story, but I think that just so that we kind of conclude the story, maybe just say where really is today, because I think it's a great ending to uh, an entrepreneurial venture. Yeah, for sure. So, so we got to the point where, and again, this was a, it was a problem with a, you know, a third-party service that was about, about to shut down. And uh, we couldn't, we just couldn't afford to make, to do the upgrade uh, that would have allowed us to, to continue using the, um, uh, using that service. And so I sent an email out to our customers. Uh, and, you know, by this point, we, we had several thousand people using it. And just said, uh, yeah, sorry, you know, it looks like the the end is approaching. You know, we're going to try and find a solution, but if we can't, we're going to have to shut it down. And it was like it would have been December 18th. But fortunately, uh, uh, several customers reached out with offers of assistance, and and, and in fact, uh, one customer in particular um, 
was uh, uh, you know also a technology entrepreneur was able to um, you know essentially offer to take over the product uh, and and um, and manage it going forward um, with his technology resources and and um, uh, and actually his his nephew who's a developer is, is a partner as well in the business and and so that that, uh, that kind of blossomed into uh, you know a little family you know a family business on his end it based in, in Germany and and that uh, and so I've been working with them for the past several months to transition the Brearley platform during that time they fixed it they upgraded it they ensured its continuity for the foreseeable future and so the product lives on and continues to help families it continues to um, uh, you know make days the days better for for a lot of kids and actually a lot of adults we, we've gotten feedback uh, from um, former military personnel who were suffering from PTSD and, and needed to have um, uh, needed to have their routines uh, you know supported by the software so just a, a wide variety of people being helped by this and uh, this was uh, uh, so it's so it's a happy ending and you know in the sense that even though I, you know, wasn't able to make it, you know, make it a profitable venture and, and, and recuperate my, my time and money investment, at least yet. It's, you know, it's been handed off to somebody who can, who can take it forward. I still have a role in an advisory capacity um, and I still own a percentage of the new company. You know, there's, a, there's, still, there's still a chance. I've still got some hope that, that maybe uh, that investment uh, will, be, will be repaid. But if not, I'm, I'm just happy to see that the product has, has lived on and uh, yeah. it's working. All this in mind, I mean, in, in terms of the Toronto experience, is there something about Toronto that entrepreneurs, like technology entrepreneurs, should know because I mean you're you're a technology entrepreneur. I mean and and you obviously you know live and breathe the Toronto environment. Do you have any kind of advice to people within the Toronto area in terms of building, let's say, your specialty, you know, uh, technology? Well, uh, uh, Toronto is a very it's a great environment to be in as an entrepreneur from the perspective of. Uh, you know, it's such a hub for for smart people uh, who, who are entrepreneurial, and uh, um, there are so many interesting things happening, so many interesting products being developed, so much inspiration, and also a pretty good support network uh, in, for, you know, in terms of the organizations that uh, that are available. I think if there's any uh, anything to to be cautious about in, in, the, in the Toronto environment is that it's it's pretty noisy. It's it's very difficult to break through, and the startup scene, I guess we could call it, has, has actually become a bit of an industry where you know a lot of people out there uh, are trying to make their business that of servicing the startups, and and sometimes it's you know initially it's it's you can mistake some of these uh, some of these people as investors. Sometimes they're not right, so you have to sort of think, you know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have a have a clear understanding of what everybody's motivations are and what each person is trying to get out of the relationship. Uh, and I find that just because Toronto is so um, the bright side, vibrant uh, as a startup community, the the startup scene actually has a lot of noise in it too. That you, okay. that you so, just, so let's move off that. Give us the top three things on your inspired life list, because I know you, you're kind of an inspired kind of guy. I mean, I, what what, is, what are those top three things that that inspires Pierre? 
Hmm. I really like solving problems, um, and I like—I uh, mean, I'm a—I'm a tech nerd to my core. I'm not a programmer, but I, you know, I dabble a lot with code myself, just on you know, interesting, interesting hobby projects. So I just like to hear what's going on, and, and to, and you know, there, there are just such great inventions and ideas out there that just make me think. Well, you know, if you could do that, maybe you could do this, and, and I get excited about. The, you know, the possibility of, of designing something that works and, and, and building it and getting it out there. To me, that's, that's great. So I know you'd listen to another podcast, but I don't know whether you went as far as this question. So there's a small tropical island just off Fiji that only has one phone booth and no internet. So we drop you off there. You don't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat and we'll come back and pick you up. How long would you last before you made the call, and what would you do while you were there? <laughs> this, this island has the, the, the necessary um, you know, food and shelter and uh, you know, the, the basics of survival there, or is that something I have to... Just imagine it's an abundant tropical island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting... It doesn't have casinos, though, so yeah, that, that no. <laughs> Um, I would probably stay long enough to explore, uh, to, to get, you know, to experience it. I don't think I'd be able to stand still for very long. I would, uh, I'm, you know, even when I vacation someplace, I have to be out and about doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I would say I probably wouldn't last much beyond a week. I think, you know, assuming I can get explore everything in, in that week, and, and you just kind of experience it, that would be it, I think, for me. I'd, then I'd have to, I'd have to ask for, uh, to, to be uh, airlifted or, or shipped out of there. Well, yeah, I think that, well, the, the interview's been great in the sense you've showed a lot of people some of the good and the bad and, and a bit of ugly about entrepreneurship. And some people may want, want to get a hold of you. you know, how, how can people get a hold of you? Is there anything you'd like to add that I've missed out? The well, uh, one thing I'd like to add, um, especially as far as uh, you know, the earlier question about inspiration mm-hmm. is that uh, my my wife and son have been uh, have been you know immense uh, immensely inspiring to me. My son, for for obvious reasons, and that he was you know he he kind of gave me the reason to to, to do the the. Yeah. Yeah. Product, but also because you know he, along the way he was always giving me great input, just you know really being supportive uh, for his old man, and, and of course my wife went through as probably as much you know of the difficult times as I did, just sort of propping me up and and you gotta have, you gotta have good, a good wife beside you or a good husband beside you. Exactly, yeah. So, so that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I'm happy to share any anything yeah, that people might think of value is in terms of uh, my experience with the startups, startup scene and, and the startup itself. And so I could, I could be emailed at, uh, at Pierre at Brilli.co, B-R-I-L-I.co. Pierre, it's been great talking to you and uh, thank you everybody. I'm sure, I hope it was a very interesting experience listening listen to Pierre. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com. 
can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'm Phil Bliss. See you next time.